Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk with a Doc, the show where we bring your questions to Providence St. Joseph Health medical experts for insight and information. I'm your host, Mary Ernoff, and today with me, I have Dr. Nadine Baker, who is a licensed clinical psychologist with Providence Behavioral Health in Alaska. And today we're answering your questions about screen time for kids of all ages, toddlers, tweens, and teens. Remember, everyone, all of your questions come from listeners via social media. We can be found on Twitter at PSJH and on Facebook under Providence St. Joseph Health. Use the hashtag talk with a doc, that's hashtag talk with a doc, for a chance to hear your questions on our episodes. Before we start, I want our listeners to know that the information provided during this program is for educational purposes only. You should always consult your healthcare provider if you have any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment. All right, well, let's get started by welcoming our expert today, Dr. Baker. Dr. Baker, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Tell us just a little bit about your role here at Providence. Uh, I work for Providence as a clinical psychologist, and so that means I spend a lot of time uh, providing therapeutic services to patients in our outpatient clinics. I also help with supervision of other clinical staff and um, work across our settings to help um, provide behavioral health uh, services in some of our medical clinics. Wonderful. Well, the topic of today is screen time, so let's talk screen time. Um, The first question is, what medical evidence is there for risks or benefits of screen time? You know, this is an evolving topic in our culture. I think many of us realizes, uh, realize that the advances in technology just are paramount. It sure. seems like every day something new is coming out that we have to look into and figure out how it's going to impact us or our children. Um, so the research, you know, currently is showing that there are a lot of benefits to using media um, and screens appropriately and in a manner in which it exposes us to to things that are good for us, um, such as supports or information, mm-hmm. um, and uh, ways to kind of be creative and advance ourselves. On the flip side, there's a lot of evidence that is also showing that um, it's related to obesity, it's related to disrupted sleep, mm-hmm. um, it also can a- affect the development of language, cognitive uh, abilities, and social and emotional development across um, the ages. So, how does it impact language? Well, when you look at um, how we introduce these things into the lives Mm -hmm. of children, um, they've been doing research on infants and one-year-olds, and what they um, are concluding right now is that because the brain is doing so much growth during that period of time, that it's competing, basically. So, and not in a way that's enhancing learning. Um, They, children at that age are not capable, really, of transitioning the two-dimensional elements of TV and other media into a three-dimensional world. They really do much better interacting directly um, with things in their life. So being able to pick things up, being able to smell them, taste them, right? Every child's putting stuff in their their mouth. Um, (laughs) That really is what helps promote growth and understanding. Um, The other issue with technology is a lot of it is really Mm -hmm. fast-paced. And those developing brains really are not capable of taking that information in in a way that is, is productive. Um, the other thing that they're showing is that children of those ages really do better when they have a parent or an adult with them that can help them interact or be more engaged during the process. So for many families, if you're watching Sesame Street you know, or something with educational content, your child really is going to get the most out of it if you are with them and you are responding along with the TV or, or kind of helping them take that information and apply it to what's in front of them. Is that what we often hear is supervised screen time? Yes. And and so basically they're saying for two and under, really, the only media that's good for them is uh, FaceTiming or using um, okay. the interactive ability to talk to family members. and mm-hmm. um, But everything else really is not offering up much benefit. Um, 
So you say two and under there. Is there kind of like a minimum age for screen time? If, if you were talking about like watching a movie or video games mm-hmm. or apps or that sort of thing? No, I think what, what we're noticing is part of it is de- looking developmentally at where your child is mm-hmm. and then kind of looking at that age group in general and, and the amount of growth and areas that we would want to help foster. So it's about how much exposure and the content of what they're being exposed to. Um, we also know that it used to be television that was kind of the big thing right. we would pay attention right. to, but now between cell phones and iPads and uh, other interactive um, gadgets, I mean, it's, it's a lot for parents, I think, to navigate what is appropriate. The other issue is why we're using it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's educational activities where we feel like we're promoting the development of reading skills and math skills and, um, you know, building things. Then you have the purely entertainment or mm-hmm. I need my child to be um, entertained for a little while while I take care of something. And I think that the main thing is being purposeful about the decisions you're making for your child and having conversations with them about um, what the expectations are around the gadgets. And really, the earlier you start, the better as a parent. Otherwise, you spend a lot of time in power struggles and trying to uh, make decisions on the fly that may not roll out as well as you anticipated or hoped for. Well, this is all great information. We have another question from a listener. Is screen time becoming a bigger issue because of social media and wearable technology? Yes, in part because it's more accessible Mm -hmm. and more portable. Um, But it doesn't take away from the fact that even when television was introduced, you know, I'm sure that it, it really brought to the forefront of how do you set limits with yourself or provide guidelines for using it appropriately and not having it interfere with other aspects of your life. And now everything feels like an extension of your hand. So, you know, for many people, there is a lot of anxiety or distractibility around, is my phone ringing? Is it pinging? Is it, you know, somebody looking for me? Is what's going on in the news? What's, uh, and it's competing with the things that need our attention. Um, we don't multitask well, mm-hmm. and we're not really intended to. Um, and so it, it, yeah, in many ways it's, uh, is that phantom ringing thing real? Because I swear I can hear my <laughs> phone buzzing and it's not actually buzzing. It's possible. Although it could be <laughs> the buzzing from someone else's phone. Oh, probably. You're probably right. <laughs> so, uh, but I think when we're trained, you know, it's kind of like when you have a baby and you're like, is my baby crying? Um, right. you know, so I think it, it is such a part of our lives now. Um, that it can be hard to disconnect or train your brain differently. Well, let's go to another question. You, you touched mm-hmm. on this a little bit, but is screen time to blame for childhood obesity? And, and I guess the question would be why. Is it because kids aren't active anymore? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is not the cause. It's a contributing factor, mm-hmm. likely, um, in that when people are sedentary, they're not active sure. enough. The other thing is, you know, when you're watching TV or other um, devices that have advertisements, there's, you know, a lot of emphasis on eating and other things that um, while you're sitting just make you more prone to gain weight. Um, Then there's also the amount of time you're spending. Sure. And, um, you know, when you look at what the recommendations are for activity level, um, certainly you don't want your screen time to be competing with your physical activity time um, or getting in the way of your nutritional needs. So, I think it's something for us to pay attention to, but there's a lot of factors that contribute to obesity, including genetics. Sure, you know, some folks sure. have to be more attentive to that just, just because of their biology. Well, and you alluded to sleep issues earlier. That's another question we got is how does it affect sleep? 
Well, there are a number of ways. One is sleep onset. You know, for for people who are um, watching devices up until they're trying to go to sleep, that blue light, you know, uh, impedes the melatonin in your body. So your body's not getting the signals it needs um, to go to sleep. But also when people are sleeping in a room where they've got a device, if it's pinging or making noises or you know, it's competing with their need to go to sleep. Um, and for many people, they can't disengage. So <laughs> they end up watching longer than they thought right. or scrolling Facebook or typing out emails. And so it, it doesn't help your body relax or get in, in a place where it's going to sleep well. That Netflix, hey, the next episode starting in 14 mm-hmm. seconds is, is crazy right. at night. <laughs> the ability to binge watch. Um, and I will tell you, you know, looking back at uh, programs like 13 Reasons Why, mm-hmm. I think there was not much consideration for the fact that your 14-year-old could sit in a room and watch four episodes of yeah. highly emotional content without somebody to talk it through back with. Back to back, no break, mm-hmm. just emotion after emotion. Yeah. Yeah. And even for adults, it's hard to say, oh, this is the last one. I, right, I right. need to go to bed or I need to go feed my children or I Ugh, maybe should yeah. get the soccer ball out and, uh, you know, go play in the yard with all of us. Take a walk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you um, you talked a little bit about it, but a lot of people say you should turn your phone off an hour before you go to bed or you should leave your phone in a different room. Is that mm-hmm. sage advice? Yes. There's a lot of recommendations that I think are good for most households. You know, one is having areas of the house where there are no devices. Mm -hmm. Uh, The bedroom is definitely an important place for people to get rest and and, um, do other activities. And so not having computers in there, not having uh, phones that are going to distract you, putting your devices on do not disturb if you're going to have them in there. Right. Um, not having phones during mealtimes, mm-hmm. you know, but really showing yourself and the people in your life that there are times where you can pay attention and have meaningful interaction. Isn't that the worst when you go to a restaurant and you see a family sitting there and none of them are talking to each other and they're all on their phone? It is a little disheartening. Although I think we've all been in that place too, where we're like, wait, I'm trying to have an adult conversation and I can't have <laughs> one because my four-year-old really does not want to be in this restaurant. Right. So I do think there's a time and a place mm-hmm. and that's where kind of the balance comes in. You can have devices. You should not avoid them. You mm-hmm. just need to be really thoughtful with how you're modeling how to use them, but also setting those limits and guidelines up ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So people know if you're misusing them, you're going to use them less until right, you right. can show that you're responsible. The other thing is those devices are designed to keep us hooked. Right. Oh, good point. Very and good point. And so they, they do their job very well. We are competing against a lot of effort to make sure that we are paying as much attention as possible to what the devices are offering us. Yeah. Well, you talked a little bit about setting uh, the right amount of screen time, right? Like what is too much? And that's a question we hear a lot is how do I know if it's too much? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, there are some recommendations at this point. One is that for two and under, they really don't need any. Mm -hmm. The other thing they're recommending is if you're not actually engaged in your TV watching, turn it off. Right. So a lot of times it's, you know, people just kind of leave stuff on or it's constantly rolling and then it is more likely to distract you or compete with whatever you're doing. I really hope my dad's listening to this because he just leaves it on 24 seven. It drives me crazy Mm -hmm. when I go visit them because he's not even watching it. Yeah. And you're like, it's competing and distracting. Uh, You look at kids who are trying to do homework. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fine to listen to to music. Um, depending on the content, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, it's just kind of training ourselves to be more thoughtful about our interactions. Um, but for, for the aging elementary age kids, they're looking at two hours or less. And yes. And looking at research, there is right now evidence that, um, as you add more time to that, the obesity levels, the depression levels, those things that concern us, uh, increase as well. 
So, you know, really it comes down to what are you supposed to be doing throughout the day? Are you going to school? Are you going to work? Are you doing those things satisfactory? Are you spending time with people? Mm -hmm. Um, Are you getting physical activity? Are you engaged in stimulating hands-on activities? And then where does your screen time fit in with that? Can you combat this by, say, my screen time is what I watch while I'm on the treadmill? Mm -hmm. Sure. As long as you're not accident prone. (laughs) (laughs) She's talking to me directly, guys. (laughs) It's uh, No, I think there's definitely ways we can fit it in. When you're on a plane, you know, with your children, it it makes sense that that's a time that you would use it. The other thing, too, though, is looking at what you're taking in. So the content is is equally as important as the amount of time. For many families, too, my household included, we figured out this year that our kids did not have enough time to really earn any screen time Monday through Thursday. So we don't really focus on one to two hours a night. Instead, for us, it's you can have your devices Friday afternoon after school through Saturday. Oh, wow. And and we don't deal with it the rest of the week. Wow. And, you know, it it really helps for parents, I think, to have something clear because you can enforce it better. Um, But also it helps your kids understand what to expect because that's the other issue for a lot of folks is, you know, my kids get upset. And of course they are They're You're asking them to stop doing something they're enjoying, right? And they don't fully appreciate why. Um, and so having very clear expectations, and helping them understand we modify it as we need to, right. um, helps them be better prepared. And they're less likely to act out. Uh, we also find that kids that, that act out more tend to have more access to devices. Oh, interesting. And we're not sure if it's because we're trying to soothe and regulate them by handing them something um, or if if the fact that they're watching so much screen time is contributing to their difficulties. And what they're watching, too, right? That probably impacts it greatly. Exactly. Well, Mm -hmm. I think setting limits is the question we got the most, which is how do I enforce it? If I do set a limit, how do I set a limit? And then how do I enforce it? Hmm. I think parents need to remember that the devices all belong to them. And good point. You you're children get to use them because you allow them to use them. And even though it can be painful at times, if you are clear and you allow your kid to have a temper tantrum or tell you that you're the worst parent ever, but you stick to your message. Uh, and I often say things like, this is not convincing me right, that right. you're ready. If yeah. you want me to consider what you're asking, you would do it. I need you to do, which is your homework or transitioning into the car so we can leave the house or, mm-hmm. um, but I also think for parents modeling saying, I'm turning the TV off for all of us because Good we're point. all going to go rake the front yard or we're all going to take out a book and read, or I'm going to read with you. Um, so there is the modeling of, we all need those limits. Otherwise we all get sucked in and something in our life gives and, mm-hmm. um, it's a really good point because going back to the restaurant thing, I actually saw a, a gentleman take all of his kids' um, devices away from them and said, we're not going to do this at the dinner table mm-hmm. and then proceeded to be answering email or something on the phone the entire dinner. <laughs> right. It's like, well, I'm the adult and work is so important. Right. Well, no, kids do better when they see that you struggle too and you're going to show them how to do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation about screen time. I just want to shout. I get out of bed, stay up, stay out of my head cause it's dangerous 
Talk with the doc and our guest, Dr. Baker, today here in Providence, Alaska, and we're talking about setting screen time guidelines for your kids. Um, you said something earlier I really liked. You said, my kids earn screen time. What does that mean in your household, and what advice would you give other parents about that? Well, I think an important thing for parents to be considering is how you present information. Um, I, I know a lot of times people look at it as a reward or a consequence system. You either earn your privileges or you lose them. And certainly in today's culture, uh, cell phones and screens are a big uh, reward for kids. So I think it comes down to being clear about your expectations as a child in this household look like this. You help contribute to the house. We all have chores that we do, including keeping our room clean and cleaning up after ourselves based on our age. We all have work or school that we need to do. Um, and we all have people in our life that are important. And so, um, and ideally there's an activity or two in there that your child is invested in, either playing a, an instrument or a sports game where they learn how to be cooperative and how to interact with others, but also learn what they like and what they don't like. Um, and helping them understand that those things are important. And when you do those things, there's room for screen time. Mm -hmm. But if you are not taking care of your responsibilities in the house, you're not being kind to people, um, and you're not getting your homework done, then you're not in a place to be able to have access to screens. 
Um, but I also encourage parents to have time limits. I think for many kids, if you say, you know, you have five or 10 more minutes on your device before we transition and you um, set the timer on your microwave or on That's a phone smart. or something right. um, so that they can hear the sound and then they have time to transition themselves, ideally, that can be really helpful. Um, another thing is... Um, Inviting your kids to figure out the best way to get their stuff done. Mm -hmm. You know, when should you do your homework? When would you like the screen time? What screen time do you want access to? Parents sh certainly should not have their kids viewing anything, even teenagers, that they have not seen themselves. Right, right. Um, you know, or say, show me how to do this, or what are you building on Minecraft or roadblocks or That's Fortnite. where filters and parental guardrails mm -hmm. are so important. Yeah, and having, you know, conversations about, I'm not punishing you, I'm trying to help prepare you for how to be a healthy adult. What would happen if mommy didn't do the dishes? What would happen if mommy was late to work? Do you think I would still have a job? Right. If mommy didn't have a job, would you have all this stuff? Would you be able to eat? Yeah, <laughs> or hey, mommy's competing right now with roadblocks. Mommy wants time. Right. You know, that there are different creative and fun ways that you can help engage your kid without it being, you know, you're solely earning this, but really it's about gauging your kid's level of responsibility. Also having realistic expectations. Mm -hmm. um, we certainly can anticipate that five-year-olds, seven-year-olds are going to have a harder time disengaging because there's so much they're still learning about their feelings and how to regulate and how to express themselves. But when you start seeing that kind of behavior from your teenager, you know, it's a good sign that... Um, they need a break. And you can say, we're all going to take a vacation from devices this week. Mm -hmm. We're, um, you know, we're going to pile them all up in a bag and put them in a closet. Or for some parents, I'm like, remove them from your home. If you know your child is going to find them or is a little right. bit craftier, have your neighbor or someone in your family hold on to those items. Um, what about though for teenagers who, who we, we find now that they're communicating 24 seven with each other via social media mm -hmm. and their devices and their texting and everything. If you take it away from them, are you disconnecting them from being able to have those relationships? Mm -hmm. You are for a certain time period, mm -hmm. but ideally they're replacing it with other meaningful interactions and that they would understand why you're doing it. The other piece is you have to have ongoing conversations from the get-go about how to prepare your kids for navigating all this exposure. Um, we know that kids are constantly inundated with opportunities to be bullied, to be mm -hmm. the bully, um, sexualized material, um, you know, just things that are trying to entice them into things that are dangerous and put them at risk for exploitation. Um, and our kids have access to things outside of our home. Um, they're also going to be in a lot of situations where if you have conversations ahead of time, they're more prepared for how to deal with them well, and they're more likely to tell you or another adult in your life, um, that something's going up that is a problem. So, but I think going back to this isn't permanent, we're just taking a break for two days and oh my gosh, what does it mean for us if we can't take a two day break from our phone? Uh, let's go camping. Let's go somewhere right, where there's right. no cell phone reception. Um, and lo and behold, we're all still breathing and, um, <laughs> and we might even have fun playing board games, what? getting in the Creek, uh, going fishing, <laughs> going skiing. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, so for some families, they might say, you know, our time for media is going to be from three to four every day or, but again, if it's a kind of a household rule and you, you look at yeah. developmentally what your kids are ready for. Um, but some kids really aren't ready based on what is happening for them. And so, yeah, finding a way to give them alternate ways, um, we didn't watch TV on Sundays in my house. And mm -hmm. I think I grew up fairly well adjusted. Mm -hmm. So I, parents, you can do it. You can set rules. You mm -hmm. can. Well, one of the questions we got from a lot of different people was, are there health, uh, mental health issues uh, linked to video games? 
Yeah, similar to the obesity question, it's a factor. It is not a cause. Um, but when you kind of look at the different things that influence people, you know, there is kind of what's going on in their own body. Some people are more prone to having issues with their um, neurotransmitters in their brain. And so regardless of what's going on in their life, they're going to be dealing with anxiety or sure. depression or um, another mental health disorder. Uh, attention deficit, you know, might be another one. Um, so I think we're really just kind of looking at... Um, what do we need to be emotionally well? Mm-hmm. And, um, but like many things, if you're not active, if you're not getting good nutrition, if you're not getting enough sleep, and we attribute that to your screen time, or you're watching material that is causing you to feel bad mm-hmm. because it's either violent, graphic, or has a lot of adult situations in it, um, most people are going to walk away feeling worse. Um, and they're not going to realize it necessarily. A lot of times, the more time you spend in a video game or even binge watching shows, it's kind of numbing and your body does create pathways based on, um, the patterns that we regularly engage in. So that's kind of a warning for everyone. If you get into patterns where you're constantly stimulating yourself or self-soothing or regulating through lots of screen time, whether it's video games or television, um, or Facebook, Um, it's not allowing your body to develop these other, um, pathways that will help, um, balance out what your body's experiencing. So, um, I think also we remember the, we came out, there were a lot of interactive ways to try and be more active. So there are ways that you can, again, use screen time to, to better meet your body's needs. Um, well, there's a lot of good, like, mm -hmm. uh, video games out there for education as well. Mm -hmm. Spelling, language. So it's not all bad. No, when you look at the more uh, graphic video games like Call of Duty and stuff, you know, if your teenager or your young adults or your spouses are playing them, um, it's just important to kind of remind people that it's not real and making sure that there's kind of a reality check in there because sometimes we don't realize ourselves. But even like for my kids, they like to watch Disney Junior, which, you know, always sounds good, but I'm like, it's sarcastic actually. There's a lot of stuff in there where I'm like, oh, when you start to sound a lot like these characters and you can't tell the difference Mm -hmm. between them versus how you behave in our house or at school, you don't get to watch it. It's for your entertainment, yes, but it's not exactly socially appropriate. Uh, I watched a couple Mm -hmm. of Disney shows on a plane recently and I was amazed. I was like, I'm not sure I would have understood that at six or seven Mm -hmm. when I was six or seven, but I know that kids today do. And it's, it's very high level sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, even a lot of the animated cartoons. um, But I mean, you look at some of the ones we grew up watching, you know, where they're trying to kill each other all the time and blowing each other up and, you know, kids Even don't the road understand was that you stay dead. <laughs> yeah. That's so it's right. like when you're like, don't run into the street because a truck will hit you. Well, no, I'll just pop right back. Yeah, up. I have another life. It's fine. I, yeah. I caught the cherry basket. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, nope. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, those are things to be considerate of, um, that yeah, they're entertainment, but there are a lot of, uh, you know, public broadcasting does a lot of shows mm-hmm. where it is educational. It's based on what we know about how kids learn and, and curriculums that are used. And, you know, so you do want to do your homework. I encourage parents to, to look to see what kind of guidelines you can have. My kids have iPads, but we have parental controls. Mm-hmm. So they can only um, access things when the iPad gives them permission. You know, another thing parents are finding out is when their kids are playing games like roadblocks, they can buy stuff. Right. And parents don't right. realize that their kids have the ability to click a button and the kids don't realize that they've just spent $800. That's crazy. And so there's a lot of things to be mindful of. Um, and the more parents know talking to other parents, 
going online and looking for information on um, how to best regulate it in your house. Um, there's a lot of movement now, too, for doing a media plan. Um, so if you go see your pediatrician or a healthcare provider, that you can actually make a plan for what you want it to look like in your home. Oh, wow. And follow that. Um, That's great advice. Yeah, and I think we know technology will continue to advance, and it's hard to imagine what it's going to look like five or ten years from now. But um, the sooner we put these practices in place, the better we're likely to do um, as the advances continue. Yeah, I mean, you look at virtual reality. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, it's pretty amazing. What AI you can experience. in itself, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, kids now can talk to Amazon or right. Google and find out all sorts of information. Right. How do you control that? Yeah. And so you yeah. have to teach them yeah. and have lots of conversations because situations will pop up you didn't even anticipate. Sure. You know, and then we have advances like telemedicine and a lot of things where it's pretty amazing what we could do with the technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, you know, the important thing is continuing to look at things as they arise and being very creative with how we um, try to manage them. Well, a lot of the questions we got were really about how do I change the screen time as my kids age and how do I change the rules and so mm-hmm. forth? Are there good places for people to go to get kind of ideas and, and information about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, part of it is talking to the, your pediatrician or providers in your life. Part of it is talking to other parents about what they know. And the other thing is looking to see what happens in your home. For parents, you know, that whole modeling thing around, hey, we tried this. It didn't work very well. Mm-hmm. We're going to try something different. Um, there's a lot of different ways to try and gauge if something worked or not. And sometimes it's just timing and sometimes it's your kid's temperament or personality. And so it's hard to say there's clear cut guidelines for every age. Um, but I think if you are aware of what they're doing and how often they're doing it and they're demonstrating, um, appropriate skills and behaviors, um, in other areas of their life. Um, but I think for most parents, it's like, at what point, do you expect that you won't filter what your kids are watching? The my other parents still try to filter what I'm watching, mm-hmm. and I'm definitely out of my <laughs> teens. <laughs> right, right. Um, but I think sometimes, too, we forget. It's like I, I'm watching a show, and my kid just came in the room. Right. You know, yeah. even recently, the Hallmark Channel shows the Golden Girls. My 10-year-old oh, wow. thinks this is the best show ever, and I'm listening to it with her in the room going, oh, no, this mm-hmm. is... This is not exactly what I want. Don't don't mirror Blanche, please. (laughs) You know, or you watch Home Alone and you're like, oh my gosh, how many times did they say loser and idiot? Mm -hmm. You know, so I think, um, again, part of it is just giving yourself permission in the moment to kind of look at what they're doing and have conversations with them about whether or not it's reasonable or not. Knowing you can't protect them, right? They're going to go out, you know, outside the Performing Arts Center and they're going to hear some choice words and then they're going to ask you very innocently what those words mean. <laughs> and you're going to probably say, at oh, church or someplace mm-hmm. inappropriate for them to ask. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you're like, well, uh, but better to have those conversations. Sure. I, I think for parents nowadays, our kids really need us to initiate conversations and to ask questions and to invite them to let us know what, what they're experiencing every day and interact with them. That is the best way um, to support them around anything, In including any part screen of their time. Life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you talked a little bit about filters. Are there apps or things that people should be looking for to help them monitor mm-hmm. what their kids are seeing? You know, I don't know of any specifically. I mean, I think you can put parental controls and you can kind of look to see what the content ratings are. Mm-hmm. You know, I know a lot of video games come with uh, content ratings, just like movies. You know, but sometimes you're just going to be in that mode where your kid's going to be like, what's Momo? And look, and it's a scary figure. And where'd she come from? And you're like, shoot, or, you know, what's Bloody Mary? Who's she? And and does she really exist? Um, 
So I think you, you can do your best to, to educate yourself on what's out there. I think even going to places like, um, I don't know if I can say the names of stores, but, um, you know, if you go to the place where you get your devices from mm-hmm. asking their staff, what is out there and available. Um, but it's important, you know, how to use it. Right. You know, that's the other thing. And it's gotta be something you can enforce. You know, a lot of parents are very ambitious, but if you take on too much, um, it's pretty difficult to implement. Well, especially like social media, parents don't even, they're not even on the same social media platforms that their kids are on. So how would you know how to control it or monitor it Mm -hmm. or even what they're being exposed to? Yeah. And that's my other thing. You really have to look at what age your kids are before you do that. And I know people have different lines of thoughts. If, if you have a, a household where the parents are divorced and the kid needs a phone in elementary school, you know, maybe that's a good reason. I know for me, it's, you know, when you can drive a car, you can have a phone, mm-hmm. but you can't text while you're using that phone. And right, I'm going right. to do my best to try and help with that. But I think it, it is so easy for us to get gadgets and then find out the hard way that it was not the best time and and kids really do better with building things and reading books and uh and being outside than they do on the ipads or the tv so i i would certainly caution parents to be thoughtful about how many gadgets their kids have and your ability to manage more than one you know you have a tv then maybe your child gets an ipad Mm -hmm. um but, and if you have a phone, you should be on those same social sites your kids are on. Absolutely. They, you, they should be your Facebook friend. They should be your Twitter friend. I'm friends with all of mm-hmm. the kids of my friends. And I'm the person that cyber stalks and sends them mm-hmm. things like, should your daughter really be posting mm-hmm. this? Right. I'm sure they don't like me anymore, mm-hmm. but you know, you have, it takes a village. Right. People like helicopter parents. I'm like, that's not the same thing. You're just managing and trying to help them navigate the world. You're not, you know, stepping in there every second to make them, to, to fix things for them. But it's really hard to help them know how to respond to things mm-hmm. um, and when you absolutely have to be involved. And there are a lot of families, unfortunately, who have seen the fallout of their kids being, um, you know, targeted or exploited or exposed to content and then reenacting it or absolutely. not having great boundaries because they're overstimulated or have been exposed to something too soon. So, um, so no, I'm. I'm a big proponent of if your child is under the age of 18 or has not finished high school and they live in your home, even if they're a young adult in your home, you have every right to know um, what they're involved in. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And ideally they'll talk to you about it because you're important to them. You've established that relationship. <laughs> right. Well, right. I, we're out of time mm-hmm. and I feel like we could do an entire another segment with you because mm-hmm. we had so many questions from people. I mean, everything about what's the blue light filter and where to get more information and all that. So we may have to have you come back. <laughs> okay. um, but for now, I really want to thank you, Dr. Baker, for joining us today on Talk with a Doc and to everyone for listening and sending in your questions. We look forward to future topics with more experts from Providence St. Joseph Health. Make sure to follow us on social media at PSJH on Twitter and on Instagram and under Providence St. Joseph Health on Facebook. To learn more about our mission programs and services, visit future dot psjhealth.org. Thanks for listening.